Hey fam, what's up? Hey, just really quick, I have my six-figure business map open right now for enrollment for the next few days. Now, if you want to join, head over to sixfigurebusinessmap.com. If you don't know what it is, it's a coaching and online course program for all the hustlers and creatives and shakers and makers that are out there that want to get into that multi-six-figure realm. Let us know if you've got any questions on Instagram. Otherwise, get over to that website, sixfigurebusinessmap.com. Check out all the information there and I will see you soon. Enjoy today's episode. You are listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break. Today, I want to talk about fear. I want to talk about what it means when we're in fear and how we contract instead of expand. How right now with all the technology that's coming out, it's going to make you feel uneasy and maybe why and how we can challenge our mindsets around adapting and using the technology that's around us so we can keep innovating and growing and having those discussions opposed to contracting and dying in our businesses because we are scared of the things that are happening. So I'm really excited about today's conversation. I'm going to keep it very chill. I know that with technology and AI and things like that are coming out right now, I know you might be feeling a little bit uneasy. You might be feeling a little bit challenged. And so I think this is an important conversation for me and you to have. And I just want to keep it really informal as if we're friends and talk you through a few different perspectives. And you may agree with me or you may be challenged and that's totally fine because this is an open space and we are here for self-development and to listen to other people's perspectives I do see right now there's so much fear across the creative industry, in particular in the photography industry, with so many different new things that are coming out and a lot of rules are getting broken. And so that can challenge us and where we are right now and our business and everything else. And so it can be very confronting and it can feel like turmoil and everything else. I think we have this resistance to change. And it's so ingrained in us that we fight tooth and nail to make sure that we keep things the same and we don't get too uncomfortable. So I want to talk about all of these things. I want to help you along your journey in your business and just have this conversation to help your mindset. Now, before we get into today's episode, I do want to invite you to our Wedding Photography Summit, which is the AI and tech version. It's happening on the June 27th. It's going to be epic. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got 12 speakers from different industries as well that are thought leaders and they're bringing their game to the table and showing us things that they use AI and technology for in their workflow, their editing, their photo processing, in their day-to-day productivity, in their business. There's so many different things in their sales and their marketing. So many different things and so many different ways that people are using this technology. So it's really fun. And we get to have that conversation at this event. So the event will go all day, 27th of June, head over to weddingphotographysummit.com forward slash AI. Make sure you do sign up. Tickets are $7. It is a no-brainer and I think it's going to be tremendous amounts of value, especially now if you're having this conversation and if you're pro-AI or opposed, it doesn't matter because I think new perspectives are the way forward. Okay, let's get into today's episode. I'm really excited that I get to have this conversation with you. So thank you for listening. I don't take it lightly. I know, you know, you're very busy. You're out there. You are the change maker. You're the creative entrepreneur. You're the artist. You wear all the hats. You do all the things. And you're trying to keep on top of this evolving technology that seems to be nipping at our heels as well as everything else. 
Maybe you're also a parent. Maybe you're also a brother. You're a dad. You're a mum. You're a grandma. You're a student. I don't know where you are in the world right now, but you are probably holding a lot of plates up right now. And so this is why this conversation is going to be very important. Now, for full disclosure, I have been working on my mental health a lot over the last few weeks. And I've been actually, for the first time in my life, I've been going to therapy. And if you do know me and you've been listening to my podcast for a long time, you know that I've gone through a lot of trauma when I was growing up and different things. And I haven't actually ever addressed those things. I sort of throw myself into work and I find myself overthinking. I think I'm really smart a lot of the times and I can sort of just outthink therapy and outthink, you know, feelings which is not the right way. And so it's been very confronting, but I've been learning a lot of things and it's been such a cool journey. So I just want to say that because right now, like if you are in any aspect of your life right now where you're feeling uneasy or you're feeling fearful and things like that, make sure you do reach out for help. If you need help, you need to talk to somebody. A lot of the times a therapy or a psychologist or somebody, they are there and it's great to have a conversation and look after yourself first. I think that is number one. So we're talking about mindset and especially around fear, but before we do, I want to I show you something here. Over the last, so I only can really talk about my experience of life. Of course, before my experience, which, which was like the invention of cars, when that came around, I watched a documentary on it the other day, the invention of cars is people took to the streets in their protest because people were dying, they're getting hit by cars, there just wasn't enough space for cars, you know, and everything else, and it was the end of the world back then. TV came out and I remember, you know, watching this other documentary about when color TV came out and how that was a game changer. TV was killing radio. It was killing industries, you know, changed advertising, changed so many different things. And back then there was big turmoil. Photography. Photography has been through so many different evolutions and an evolution from when an artist was, would be commissioned to paint a portrait to changing that to someone just clicking, you know, a camera and using some chemicals and creating a portrait to having rolls of film, making it easier, being in the dark room, creating a portrait to getting a digital camera and creating a portrait to getting Photoshop and Lightroom and using other people's presets to having an iPhone to taking people's portraits, you know, and, and the list goes on. So things do always evolve. And in my short life that I have been alive, I remember when film was changing to digital. And I remember seeing the big arguments at that time was literally, if you took photos on a digital camera, you were not a real photographer. That was the big argument. It was black and white. There was no gray areas. You're either with them or against them. And people fought tooth and nail to keep on to film photography and how much better film photography is. And digital photography was the outliners. And then those guys end up taking over. And if you talk to any photographer today, they barely talk about film photography, except it was the legacy before digital. Now, I'm not saying I'm pro-film, pro-digital. That is just something that happened. So you can imagine that transition. There was a lot of people that sort of fell away. And there was a lot of new people that innovated and loved this new technology. And they took it to new heights. And they created new trends. And they, and they created amazing things. Now, the next step was really social media. I remember social media came around. This is when I started as a photographer. I remember I was on Instagram. And I got challenged by all the old school photographers, the ones before my generation. And they would challenge me with Instagram and say, oh, what is this little app? Why do you get followers? Why are you wasting your time? Do you even get paid from it? I'm never going to go on it. Brick and mortar is the whole way. 
you know, and people would fight it tooth and nail. And it actually blew my mind how much people were fighting Instagram and our social media platforms. It was incredible. And so back then I could see straight away, I was like, man, I thought Instagram was going to be the future because it just meant like I can now put in my portfolio online and I could access from my device people all around the world and I could market towards them without even paying any money. So for me, it blew my mind of opportunities and I could not even see how there was a downside to it. Like I could not see what everybody else was seeing because that's me. I'm an innovator. I'm an entrepreneur. That's what I love. I go with the flow and I see these things. I'm like, so I came in and obviously I was one of those young entrepreneurs that came through on Instagram and I grew a big following because I couldn't believe the opportunity that I had. And it's helped me to this day, of course. But a lot of people didn't make it through that gap between where they were with old school marketing to social media and evolving onto social media. Now, I remember the days when people started releasing their own Lightroom presets. Actually, I remember the days when Photoshop became a big trend and everybody could use Photoshop. And then all of a sudden, there was these amazing trends that came out. So this is for you photographers. If you're listening now, you'll probably remember this too, especially if you're a little bit older like me. I'm a bit of a dinosaur. So this goes into that exact thing. There was a trend that went around when Photoshop came out where photographers would start Photoshopping dinosaurs into their wedding photos. And then they would have all the people in the photo like running away from a dinosaur. And they thought it was brilliant. It's like all of a sudden there was all this, unlocked all this new creativity. They could do things that they could never do before. And there was dinosaurs showing up. And if you just Google wedding photos of dinosaurs, you're going to see, you know, the whole trend. You're going to see a lot of people that jumped on that and they created this worldwide phenomenon, which was dinosaurs in wedding photos. Now you can see how that trend did burn pretty fast um, and pretty hard and how that probably doesn't happen now, except maybe people do it because it's like, it can be funny, things like that. But that happened. And then Lightroom. Lightroom was a game changer. So Adobe Lightroom came out and then photographers started selling their own presets so other photographers could edit just like them, save themselves some workflow and everything else. Now, there was so many photographers at that time. And I remember this, there was big arguments online. Photographers were saying, if you're using someone else's preset, then you're not a real photographer. If you're using someone else's post-processing presets, workflow, then you are not as good a photographer as somebody else or you're not even a real photographer. Now, interestingly how that happened because today, if you're not a photographer and you don't know this, but literally everyone uses someone else's preset. And if they don't, there's presets on Instagram. There's presets on, on every device. There's a filter or a preset and you can whack it onto anything and someone else had made it. And if you like someone's style, someone's selling that preset out there and you can replicate someone's presets. Now, of course, as an industry, it means that everyone does look more and more similar, for sure. It's also blown up and created a bigger industry because it did help people become more creative and evolve different styles and things like that. So there's pros and cons, but the point of the story is there was people that fought the change and they didn't survive. And then after that, people that adapted the change and they couldn't believe that they could just apply somebody else's preset and then deliver some photos and make a lot more money. Like the opportunity was right there. Now we always get to make a choice when there is a change. Now with AI, with the technology that's coming out, there's a whole new change. And one interesting thing with AI, which I find mind blowing, is it doesn't actually do anything that humans don't do anyway. So 
every time someone shows me something, I'm like, yeah, like Photoshop can do that. You know, they're like, oh, we can expand and make a photo bigger. I'm like, Photoshop can do that. You can do some fill images and put in a bird. I'm like, Photoshop can do that. You can go onto Upwork or Fiverr and you can pay someone on the other side of the world that's a professional editor and they can edit the photos and they can expand your images and they can do everything. So the technology is not the thing that's scaring us. It's something else. And I think the thing that's scaring us is the fact that it challenges us as creatives and it means that everything is accessible. Just like the Lightroom presets, everything is accessible to everybody and it means you're fearful that your competition is going to use this stuff. Because think about it. If you knew that you're the only one in the world that could access this technology, wouldn't you be over the moon? You'd be like, man, this is amazing. I, ha- I am a game changer here. But instead, instead of seeing the opportunity in it, you're not actually scared for yourself. You're, you are scared because you're insecure about your business and about your craft. And that's where the fear is. Now, I've actually experienced a lot of fears turning into anger. I've actually, just these last couple of weeks, I've had some people getting into my DMs. And I know I talk about this a lot, but literally some, some influences and big time influences in my space that I've looked up to for a long time have been dropping into my DMs and saying that they don't like me because I am sharing stuff about AI as if I invented AI, right? Like I don't see the logic in it at all. But the thing is, the fear A lot of us, we turn fear into anger because we feel like fear can show us being vulnerable and we don't like to be vulnerable. So then we turn it into anger, the opposite to being vulnerable. And then we get aggressive. And then we want to show people that our way is the right way. We want to get into forums. We want to get into onto Facebook. We want to get onto DMs. We want to share stuff, call people out. We want to get aggressive. And all it is saying is, I'm fucking scared, man. I'm scared because I've been in this industry for a long time and I'm scared that I'm not going to be relevant anymore. And that's all it's saying. So you have to have empathy for someone that has fear for you. This particular person, which is like really in the photography industry, is like, you know, everyone looks at this person, loves this person. They got a Patreon, all that kind of stuff. And um, they decided to troll me and be nasty, which I thought was so, you know, beneath this person. But you have to have empathy for someone like this and say, they're in fear. They're hiding it as anger. And right now they need more help than ever before. So I wrote them a message saying like, hey, if you ever need a talk, just reach out to me. Seriously, I'm here to help. Another reason why I thought this podcast episode would be really important as well, because if fear is turning into anger, then you can see there's, there's no gray area anymore. It's just sort of black and white. You're for it or you're against it. And then that becomes really, really hard. So fear, what I want you to think about, like with our mindset, is I want you to become excellent at all times. Now, hold yourself to that standard. It doesn't mean you, you're not going to fall away. Like we all have moments where we feel shitty and we all have moments where, you know, our mental health is not the best or we don't love our souls 100% and things like that. But if we strive to become excellent, then that's who you are. And if that's who you are, it means you're not coasting along and you're not just allowing things to be the way they are. You're innovating. You're having new conversations. You're extroverting yourself in the communities. You're learning new things. You're trying new programs. You know that these things are built to help you on your pursuit to your dreams, to your goals. And I think that's the mindset we've got to have because if you don't have that mindset, guess what? Then you're thinking, this is taking away from my dreams, my goals. And then you get fearful. There's change. I hate change. 
I was actually just reading a study that was done. It was completed in 2012. It's on the Sage Journals, if you want to look it up. And it's an analyst of resistance of change. And it exposes individual thoughts and behaviors and where it comes from. And a lot of it comes from when we're so much younger and we don't even realize that we got rejected from our parents or things like that at an age that we don't remember at all and the way that we dealt with it. And from there, we have this fear of change, resistance to change, that's so deep inside of us that it is an autopilot. You don't even know it's there, but you start reacting. And then you don't even like the way that you react and you start getting fearful. And when you get fearful, guess what happens? You start contracting. And contracting in business is literally what you're trying not to do. Like all business is expansion. It's what we're trying to do. So another thing like I want you to think about with our careers and with everything else, I honestly think, and this is for me as well, I honestly think too many people, too many of us, we think about how long our career is going to last for. And so we see AI and things like this. We think these things are going to stop our career. And we're so fearful of losing our career and the things that we do now. Now, you know me, I've changed my career so many times. I love changing my career. I love learning new things. I love challenging myself. Personally, I love change. I fucking love it. I love when things are no longer the same. You know, I love innovating. I love looking for opportunities. That's me. I'm a wolf. I'm looking around. I'm hunting all the time. Where's the next opportunity? That's the way I was built. I had the perfect amount of trauma when I was growing up to build me into the person that I am today where I am looking for survival all the time and I'm always hungry. I've got an appetite. And you could be completely different to me, right? But I want you to think about it like this. It doesn't really matter how long your career lasts for. I don't think it does. I think it matters how long you enjoy your career. I think it's so much more important to think about the lifespan of enjoyment in your career opposed to the lifespan of your actual career. Now, if you're in your career right now and you're going in turmoil and you're living in fear and you're actually hating where the industry is going, you're actually hating how things are working, then that's kind of telling me that you are no longer enjoying your career. And maybe, just maybe, you should stop thinking about the lifespan of your career and you should start thinking about the lifespan of your happiness. Maybe it's time to pivot. Maybe it's time to change. Maybe it's time to dig in deeper into your why. Think about why did you first start it? Did you start it, first of all, your career to go out there and to start challenging innovation, stopping innovation? You know, I remember like when I was growing up, I remember when Facebook came out, of course, MySpace came out, Facebook, Instagram. And I remember my parents at the time saying, I'll never get on social media. I'll never get on those things. And they fought it. What are you doing on there? Who are you talking to? I'll never get on it. And then ourselves, we end up becoming that person, the person that we thought, man, they're going to be left behind. I have conversations today with people that are 25 years old and they're acting like they've, you know, they're, they have missed the boat on technology and they're living in fear. And really, I believe it's because they know deep down that they haven't put their all into what they're doing. They they're not in tune and in touch with their deep why. They don't have that purpose. And if you don't have that purpose, you have no fucking chance. I'm telling you. I hate to swear on that. But honestly, man, like I don't give a fuck anymore. Like if we've been real with each other, every single time that I've been challenged by something is because I've lost my own purpose and I felt like I'm inadequate 
for what's happening at the time or what changes. And it's a fucking scary place to be. And I don't want you to be there. So if you're feeling like you're really not enjoying, the first thing to think about is what is the lifespan of enjoyment in your career opposed to what is the career lifespan? The second thing I want you to think about is what is your purpose? Deeper into that purpose. Because if something like this is shaking up your purpose, then your purpose is so shallow. You need to find something that's deeper, that deeper why. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Why do you bounce out of bed opposed to sluggishly turning, you know, hitting the snooze on your alarm? For me, like I literally wake up and I don't want to, but I wake up at 4 a.m. literally every single day. It's dark. The birds are not even singing yet. The birds start singing around 4.55. I know that because every day I wait for the birds and then I'm like, okay, now I can get up. And then for me, the sun will rise about an hour after that. But I'm up. Because I have purpose and I love the things that I'm doing. I'm ready. I'm ready to go and find out the new innovation that's just coming out. I'm ready to see the new trend. I'm ready to see where I can take my ship today. I'm ready. I am so ready for these things because I have a deeper why. I am energized by myself. I fulfill that energy in myself. I'm not looking at it from outside. I look inwards and I look deep and I go, wow, okay, I have a purpose. So, one thing that we know is change is coming. But fear, fear is keeping you conditioned to contraction and playing small. Think about it. If you're scared of something right now, you're going to be looking for that result. So we all have a lens and the way that we perceive the world. And so if your lens is you are resistant to change and you see change as a weakness, and you see that as a threat to your very existence, to your career, to your happiness, to your craft, to your art, then you're looking on the outside of something and you're going to start contracting and looking for how am I correct here? Because the funny thing is in human nature is we always want to be right. We want to be right. So if we have some ideology in our head that this is the truth, then we are searching for the truth. You see this. This is why if you're a vegan, then you're searching for that truth. If I'm Googling anything to do with how veganism is better for the environment than not being vegan, I'm going to find it. If I'm a carnivore, if I am just, I just love meat lovers, nothing else. If I'm Googling stuff online, I'm going to find why meat is the thing that you need to be doing, right? I need to kill animals. Have to. Full protein. I'm going to find something, some study somewhere, you know, that's going to tell me, Jai, you are right. You are, and everybody else is wrong as well. So fear is going to help, it's going to keep you in contraction, but fear is also going to put you into fight or flight mode. Flight or fight, that sounds better. It's going to put you in flight or fight mode. And guess what? That takes up your energy. The, the, same, the very same energy that you could be putting into innovating your business, adapting your business, growing your business, you know, networking, meeting new people, growing your community growing your skills, going deeper on your skills, creating more art, all these things that you could be doing and you decided to put it into fight or flight. Now that takes up so much energy because I don't know about you, I wake up four in the morning and I know I've got a certain amount of energy every day and it runs out and I need to choose what I put it into. Now if I get into Facebook, if I'm that guy that's sending Jai a message saying how he doesn't like what I do in the world, man, 
you put a lot of energy into that. Unfortunately, you lost the game because you wasted that energy. And on my side, all I see is someone, I see a really sad scenario. I'm like, I don't see it as a reflection of myself because it has nothing to do with me. How uh, my on the other side of the world has nothing to do with me at all. You are so fearful that you've turned it into fear, right? And guess what? It's taken away from your business. And guess what I can do? I'm expanding. So I can take your share of the market whilst you're fearful. And that's what happens over and over and over. So whilst you're fearful, have a look around. You're going to see some amazing photographers, amazing designers, amazing people that have adapted quick and they're going to take the market. It's not because they're more talented than you. It's not because of anything else, but it's because they see opportunity while you're seeing fear. So you're contracting and they're expanding. And if you're, they're expanding, guess what? They're expanding into your territory. That's the way that it works. So I want you to think about that. If you're in fight or flight right now, you're putting your energy into a resource that I don't believe is moving you forward at all. Now, something else about fear is fear actually creates more fear and it starts looping on itself because it wants to survive. So if you're living in fear right now, your fear is going to create even more fear And that's going to create even more fear. And you're going to be in a big loop. It doesn't want to die. It wants to survive. And it's going to do everything it has to do to survive within you. You know, this is why you see like, sometimes I'll I'll have a friend, they'll get into a conspiracy theory and it's all fun and games and everything. Then after a while, they get deeper on it. I agree with some of the conspiracy theories. Some of them I think are a little bit far-fetched. But then fast forward 12 months and they've just been consuming all this content, how the government's all trying to screw us, all trying to kill us, you know, whatever is happening out there, vaccines, this, that. And after a while, it's the fear is in such a deep loop that they've lost control of their lives and their happiness and their joy and everything else. And it's a sad thing to see, but it happens over and over and over. Fear will also lead you to act from a defensive stance. Why is that a problem? Because if you're in a defensive stance, it means you're closed. You're closed for business. You're closed for innovation. You're closed for truth. You're closed for for provoking conversations. You're closed. If you come from a defensive stance where you're right and everybody else is wrong, you're right, I'm just checking, I'm right, then you're contracting. Because you have closed a whole leg of amazing things that are happening out there. And we need to make sure that we're always looking around and we're open, open to a new conversation, a new perspective. It's so important to have a new perspective. The amount of times I see everyone's like, no, 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 I don't talk to them. They, they believe something different. If someone believes something different, if someone voted for someone different than who you would vote for, if someone has a different opinion or a point of view or a different lens that they see the world, You should be talking to that person, you know, so we should be expanding the way that we think and understanding each other because then you can come to more common ground and you can start seeing where there's less fear and more innovation. Like, what can I do here instead of how is this challenging me and my beliefs? How does this challenge my identity, who I believe I am, right? So for instance, maybe you're not a Trump supporter and you think if you make friends with a Trump supporter, then it affects your identity. It means that just because Trump said something that you don't believe in, now if you do agree with something that he says, it means by default you're a supporter and it changes your identity. It's all BS. Nothing is like that. 
there's so much gray in everything, you know, and I think the most innovative people in the world, they don't stop themselves. They go with the flow. So here is the big secret that I wanted to get to. We can't control everything. We can't, cannot control everything. Things are out of our control. Change is out of our control. We know it's happening, but it's out of our control. But what we need to do is we need to try to control less and we need to flow because flowing is where an entrepreneur has unstoppable power. I want to say that one more time. Flowing and being in the flow is where an entrepreneur has unstoppable power. I want you to think about that for yourself. You're a maker. You're a shaker. You do the things out there. You're creating your own path. And for you to be unstoppable, unfucking stoppable, it comes down to whether or not you're in the flow of where you're supposed to be with your goals, with your dreams, with the things that are coming for you when you're creating, when you're making, when you're doing the things that you do, opposed to trying to go against the grain, trying to swim up the flow. Like how hard is that? Trying to dam up the flow. It's too hard. Innovation is going to be there. You're trying to build a dam. You see this over and over. I've seen this. I remember I had these big conversations. I had a friend that was in the taxi industry when Uber hit. And so everyone in the taxi industry, man, in Australia, it was a fucking sensation of people going out and protesting the taxi industry. Protect what we have. Do not innovate. And so they tried to ban Uber and a whole bunch of things. And I was like, that's useless. And everyone say, why? Because people have seen a better way. And people will flow towards whatever's the least resistant. So it's easier to go to the better thing than it is trying to protect an old industry that we don't really care about. Everyone complained about taxis, to be honest. Everyone did. Until Uber came around, then everyone's trying to protect taxis. But you see what happened. The same thing with Blockbuster. Like, I've got to be honest. I love Blockbuster. I loved going out on Friday night and picking out my favorite movies. We used to live... Uh, when I first moved to Melbourne 10 years ago, we used to live right next door to a blockbuster. And it was one of my favorite things. If I had a mate come over, we'd go over and choose three movies, you know, watch it over the weekend. I loved it. But I also really love Netflix. And I love the fact that Netflix is so easy. Like, I really do love Netflix. It's so good, right? There's new shows. There's new series. They've reinvented the way that we watch a show. We get entertained. Like, it's awesome, right? So, I, I, of course, I love the other thing. Like, it's the same as a train. Like, I really do love steam engine trains. I really do. I love looking at them. But if I'm riding in a train, I love an electric train. Just so much better for me, you know. And there was a time when we were fighting against an electric train where we thought steam engines the way should keep burning that coal, burn the coal. But all of a sudden, electric trains are here. I love the electric train. Like, I've got to say, I'll be the person that hops an electric train. And I'm sorry for all the steam engines out there that do lose the whole industry and all the people that work on them and the, and the engineers that work on them and, and everything else. But that's what happens. We hate innovation, but we use it. Here's another one. This one always blows my mind because I feel like Jeff Bezos, and I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I am not pro Jeff Bezos, by the way. Okay. I'm not pro anybody. It's just, this is, this is just the way that I see the world. I see so many people hating on him for whatever reason. Maybe he didn't pay someone right. Maybe it's because he's dominating. Maybe because he's a billionaire. Maybe it's because he, whatever it is, you know, there, there is some challenge that we have inside of ourselves and he triggers it because of whatever reason. But that same person 
loves and enjoys Amazon. Gets stuff sent to them all the time. Does reels about how they just found some great stuff on Amazon this week. You know, they're always talking about the really cool, cheap shit that they just bought and you can actually get an affiliate link and then you can buy more shit of that person through them, you know, whatever it is. They got blog posts on it, everything else. And then you're talking to them in real life and they're like, oh, I really hate Jeff Bezos. That's all good. I know that you hate that person, but you still use the innovation. You love the innovation. You hate that what it's doing is it's killing all the little, you know, boutique stores around the place, the Nan Pop store on the corner. Of course it is. You want to support those people. But it's too expensive, it's inconvenient. There's a new way. Something can just be dropped at your door. In the future, there's going to be a fucking drone that just, you know, just shoots the dr- shoots your package straight into your house. You're going to use it. You're probably going to hate it. You're going to protest it. You hate that there's drones going over your house now, but you're going to use it. And it's what we do. It's just what we do as humans. So, of course, Blockbuster got out-innovated by Netflix. We love the nostalgia of going to choose a movie, but we love the convenience and the ease of just having Netflix on demand. It's the same as Uber or Uber Eats. Like, I love going and ordering a pizza for sure, you know, and then getting that delivered to me or going to a restaurant and picking up takeaway. But Uber Eats is even easier while I'm watching the Netflix. Yeah, I used to love hailing taxis. Well, I've got to be honest, I didn't. I hated taxis, actually. But now I just jump on the app. I mean, is it better? I don't know. But it's, it's change. And if the taxi industry instead of tried to fight change, if they adapted fast and seen this as, oh my God, we are a huge industry that's bigger than Uber right now, way bigger. We have more money, more resources, more people. Let's make an app to compete. Let's innovate ourselves to become into the new market. Imagine if they put their time and energy into that. Imagine if Blockbuster did the same thing. It would be a different game. Unfortunately, it's not how history played out. Now, I want you to think about this because if you are allowing fear to drive your choices, I'm going to be honest with you, it's going to build up to resentment and it's going to build up over time to resentment to others, to the industry, to everything else. I say this all the time. People that didn't jump on Instagram early, they resent people that did. They hate them. Oh my God, you just jumped on early. That's why you got followers. You know, someone just used AI. They went viral with some photos. I hate that person. Resentment. Because I didn't do it. I should have done it. Does that make sense? So fear is always going to drive those choices. And the choices that we make is going to build up to resentment over time. And so what we want to do is want to relieve ourselves from that. We don't want to be old and resentful. Like we don't want to be out innovated and resentful. Everything that we're doing here has such a profound impact on our lives, on our family members, on our partners, on our clients, on the way that we move through the world. And so this is why this is so important, you know? So it's not just like someone that's getting fearful and writing some stuff, Facebook groups and arguing with each other. Like it's something fundamentally like even bigger at play here with your community. When you are showing up fearful full of resentment, maybe even acting from anger, in contraction, bringing down your own business, looking for how you are right, being closed off instead of controlling what you can control and being in the flow with what's happening, seeing how you can innovate, have new conversations and tap into that entrepreneurial, unstoppable power that you know is sitting right there. And it's the same power that you got when you first started your career. Like that shit is fucking powerful. You know, one thing I always see is like, 
when people first start the career, they're like, yeah, I had heaps of leads and the world was my oyster. I could do everything. And then after a while, it turned into work. It's because you got more fear, more resentment. There's more things at play here. You're looking around. And the last thing is, change is always going to come. It's coming. You know, we get to choose whether we go with it or we go against it. Like that is our choice. I don't think we should be throwing stones at other people if they're going with change or against change. I think we need to be navigating our businesses as entrepreneurs. We need to show up as the captain of our ship. We need to represent our ship. We need to make choices. And if it's not a fuck yes, then it's a fuck no. Make the right choices going forward. Don't be scared of innovation. Like be curious. Change the fear to curiosity. See how something could work for you. There is so many opportunities. I actually, I've got a friend of mine that's, he's a, a massive optimist and he just always like, he's so fucking successful, so successful. And I remember showing him AI the other day and I showed him some of the powers and I knew his reaction. He looked at me and goes, oh my God, Jai, the opportunities, how this could help us. This is mind blowing. This is bigger than when the internet was invented. Like, think about the things we can do. And all of a sudden, his mind, because he's conditioned himself for so many years, just went into expansion. It was so big that his, I could see his eyes were off looking into the universe, and he couldn't believe how many opportunities are at our doorstep. I want you to think about this, because the internet, we could take it for granted. We take it for granted that 300 people follow us on Instagram. We think we need more followers. We take it for granted that we can advertise for free and we can get our word, like our word out to the world. We take it for granted, all of this stuff. But think about it. Like right now, we use the internet to complain about what technology is coming out and making memes when we have this infinite resource that we can literally go out and we can create things for ourselves, we can create more art, we can sell things to people to all the way around the world, doesn't matter where they are, as long as they can connect to the internet, we can sell things to people. Like it's pretty damn amazing. And we spend our time complaining. With AI coming out, man, if you were just starting out right now as a photographer, videographer, designer, like you would be going, I can't believe how easy it is, how good this is. We have so many tools. I wish, you know, like other photographers would be like, I wish we had this years ago. Game changer. I remember in the last couple of years of my wedding photography career, I was shooting with like a 5D Mark II Canon. The ship was old. It didn't focus well. It didn't focus at nighttime. It was always a little bit half blurry, like pretty shitty camera. It took a long time to take a photo. Sometimes it will render. It just take a long time. And I remember I picked up a brand new Sony top of the range thing. Man, the thing was a weapon. And I just thought to myself, geez, photographers have it easy now. Imagine if I had this five years ago. The thing's fucking amazing. I can buy this thing. It takes photos in the dark. I don't even need to see what I'm looking at. And the thing is incredible. It's razor sharp every single photo. It takes photos for me. I literally don't even have to do anything. I point it shoot the thing, I put it in Lightroom, add someone else's preset, I export the shit, I fucking sell it. Like, how easy is life? I put it on Instagram, I don't even need to advertise. I don't even need to run ads. I don't even need to send out flyers. Like, I literally, all I have to do is that. And we take it for granted. Can, like, it's got to blow your mind. It has to blow Like, we've just been given tools, amazing tools. We can write our own contracts with these tools. We can edit with these tools. We can streamline our day. We can book flights with these tools. We can build our business. I can literally go on ChatGPT right now and say, show me how to make $1,000 in the next seven days with this skill set that I have right now. I could literally do that and I could make money. And yet we are fearful and we're complaining and we are in contraction and we are allowing this thing to, to dominate our business. So again, 
Thank you for listening. I hope this wasn't too harsh. Don't forget, we're going to have a big conversation at the Wedding Photography Summit.com if you want to head over to there. Big events coming up. Stay positive. Look after your mental health. If you're feeling like you're fearful and you want to get angry at people and write into their DMs or get into Facebook and bring people down if they're using prompts and they're using this and that, then I think you should probably get off social media. Go and work on yourself. There's therapy out there. Like Work on that mental health. Take some time away from Instagram. Get back into your why. Dig deep into yourself and know that you've got all the answers right there. Think about how long is your career going to bring you joy? What does bring you joy in your career? Is it trolling people online? Is it being fearful? Is it contracting in your business? Or is it creating something that you love and your clients love and you want to serve them for years to come? You've been listening to Jai Long and I will see you soon. Hey, Make Your Breakers. Don't you hate how you can't sort through podcasts by most listened to, most reviewed, and most loved? Ah, right? As fellow podcast junkies, we feel you. While we can't magically change Apple or Spotify's platform, we have created a little something-something. Sifting through all of Make Your Breaks episodes to date, yep, we are talking all 200-plus episodes. We've meticulously curated some banging playlists just for you. We're talking the all-time hottest hits from Make Your Break, starring the juicy inspiration, motivation, and creative biz insights you know and love. Sound good? Jump into the show notes and follow the link to generate your very own Make Your Break playlist.